Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. What does gospel mean? Good news, right? It literally means the too good to be true good news, but it's true. If you could find any bad news of the gospel, then it would cease to be good news. It's quiet in here. You can hear a mouth peeing on a cotton ball right now, right? A mouth peeing. I like to say a moth peeing on a cotton ball. It's even worse, right? But so there is no bad news to the good news. If you can find bad news to the good news, it would cease to be good news. And so today I just want to share some good news with you really quickly. Got about three hours and we'll be done. Is that all right? You guys going to hang out with me? So I said, take five, take five, take five. So gosh, I don't know, guys, we're approaching like 40 weeks straight of just talking about identity and, and what that means for us as, as people. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but my life has been enriched, but enriched, but I've been challenged in a whole lot of ways. And so today I want to continue on the same path. And I think for the last maybe five weeks, we've talked about how our identity by way of Holy Spirit, is how we produce this thing called fruit of the Spirit. Everybody say this. Say one fruit, nine flavors. Come on, say one fruit, nine flavors. So I will um, read some Bible to you, right? It's America. So in America, if you don't read the Bible, it's not a legal church service for some reason. Doesn't matter how much God's moving or how much scripture you quote, you got to read the Bible in America. So we'll get there. Um, I don't know about you guys, but my taste buds sometimes desire things that are good to me, but not good for me, right? And for the rest of us, you know, so anyway, so does anybody else in the room, you like eating things that are good to you, but not for you, right? What I call good and what my doctor would call good are two different things, Jacob, Right. For me, I like things that have died and been fried. I don't know. I just that's, you know, so that's just <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Right. I like I like things that have died and been fried. My doctor, some no, we don't do Popeye's here, young man. So you you must be new here. So just keep on <laughs> keep on coming. We're going to get you sanctified and you're going to walk in, in freedom and wholeness. So um, I like I like things that are not always the best for me. Um. But my doctor says you shouldn't eat things, Josh, that are just, that taste good to you. you got to eat things that are good for you. Fruit are some of those things. They're just good for you. But also the thing about fruit is fruit actually tastes good. Do you know that we flavor all of our candy that tastes like what? You don't eat like, you know, hot dog flavored Skittles. I just, I'm, I'm looking for a pepperoni flavored Snicker bar. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So watch this. Fruit are literally the candy of the earth. Right? And my dad made them. (laughs) And your dad made them. And this thing of fruit of the spirit is such a a big, big deal for me. So I'm going to just read from Galatians again like we've been doing. And uh, we're just going to share some gospel with you in regards to fruit of the spirit some stuff we've been covering so far we've read from isaiah 5 where uh where the father through isaiah says i planted a vineyard and i put 
the best seed in that vineyard. And he says, I look for the vineyard to bring forth good fruit. But he says this, but it brought forth wild fruit. Anybody know any Christians that are producing wild fruit? Now, don't look down your road, but just look, keep your eyes at me, especially if your spouse is in the room. You know what I'm talking about? We should be producing good fruit, but we're producing wild fruit. In other words, it doesn't taste good. Right? Last week, we kind of talked about what comes out of your life when you're squeezed. If you, if you bite into an apple and it tastes like an orange, you know what you're going to do? Is there anything wrong with an orange? But that flavor shouldn't come out of an apple. So as Christians that are filled with God's spirit, when Gabe gets squeezed, if everything but the flavor of Jesus comes out, what does the world do when they taste our lives and it doesn't taste like Jesus? They're like, oh, it's quiet. We're going to talk about some of that stuff today. Galatians chapter 5 And this is Paul talking to the church, or really a region there in Galatia, but um, I really do want to read about the the, the, the works of the flesh, but I'm going to skip a lot of that today just to hit the fruit of the Spirit again. Galatians 5 and 22. Galatians 5, 22. So Galatians 5, 19 through 21 are what we would call works of the flesh. Um, Galatians 5... 22 and 23, that is the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody say works of flesh, fruit of Spirit. Come on, say works of flesh, fruit of Spirit. So here's the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and this is in the Bible. Ready for this? Self-control. Everybody married, say amen right there. Like us. All right. Self-control. So nine fruit that Paul lists to the church in the region of Galatia. Lord, let your word be life to us today in Jesus' name. So some of the things we've been covering is this. Fruit of the Spirit are not things that you have to go out and get, right? An apple tree doesn't go out and pursue apples because they're locked on the inside of it. See it? An an orange tree doesn't go pursue oranges, Jeremiah, because it's in its nature to produce them. And I think sometimes as Christians, specifically here in the West, we actually try to pursue things that we're supposed to be producing. I'm going to say it again. We actually try to pursue things that we're supposed to be producing. And if you are chasing something outside of you that's supposed to be coming from the inside of you, then you'll never get it. You know what you end up producing? Isaiah calls it wild fruit. Right? I always tell the story of how um, I had a dog that's, my dog's going to be with the Lord. That's, that, at least that's who I believe he's with. Anyway. It's going to be with the Lord. But he would, he would chase his tail all the time. And I was looking back one time, and I was like, look at that stupid dog chasing his tail. He's chasing something that's already his. He's chasing something that is a part of his being. Right? And he's just, and the Lord said, isn't that funny? Like, that is funny, Lord. He said, you do the same thing. Right? You pursue righteousness as if you can go attain it. 
You chase love as if you got to go try to go get it. And it's a part of your nature. Because it's the fruit of the spirit or the proofs of God's spirit in you. Right? Right? So I just want to talk about some pretty practical things today. Just maybe more of a fireside chat. And then I'll release this and, and then we can go spend some time with our families today. I remember that growing up, like, to me, like, the greatest moves of God were things like this. Like, you know, seeing somebody come up out of a wheelchair. I've seen that. It's pretty awesome. Um, I've seen one blind eye open before. I've seen, I don't know how many arms and legs grow out of people. I've seen some really cool healings and some really cool miracles. Which, by the way, if you follow me on social media, did anybody see that really cool testimony from this week? Like, even the Lord moves in barbershops. Talk about that stuff today. But I used to think that, that, that you know, the, 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 the Spirit of God was on me to do the works of God. And that was always like some profound miracle. And as, as much as I love that, the world is not in the condition it, it is in because somebody's in a wheelchair. And they hadn't come out. As much as I love that stuff. The world is really lacking the things we just read. Love, joy, peace. And the thing about this that moves me is these things don't require money, essentially. It doesn't require you money to be kind. And Paul goes on to say in verse 23, against such there is no what? Law. You can't get arrested for having too much joy. You can't get arrested for having too much self-control. You can definitely get in trouble for not having enough of it. You can definitely get in trouble with the law by not operating in love and how you do that. Right? So he says against these things, there is no law. Let me tell you what is quite supernatural. When you can be loving to a person that we would say, which it's not a reality, but we would say that person's on what? lovable but yet you show them love nobody's unlovable the cross proved that the cross proved that when we can show peace to somebody who's not been peaceful that is supernatural the scripture says this proverbs 15 a soft answer turns away what wrath my father in love used to teach it this way. He would say, you got to walk in the power of what he would call an opposite spirit. So if Matthew comes at me angry, and I bow back up at him angry, what did I just do? I just threw gasoline on the fire. But if he comes at me angry, and I come at him, if he comes at me with wrathful, and I come at you with a soft answer, I just threw water on the fire. And I'm telling you, the fruit of the spirit a lot of times in everyday living will come across as opposite of what people may or may not meet you as, but it's what the world needs today. Jesus Christ did a lot of miracles in the Bible. We have less than 30 days of the life of Christ in four Gospels. And we have quite a few miracles, which are awesome. And I believe Jesus would have done miracles probably on a weekly basis. Maybe not daily, but at least weekly. But I'm going to tell you something I know he did daily. He produced and released fruit daily from his life. 
Now, how many of you guys have ever gone to a wedding in the room? Most of us. How many of you guys have ever heard a pastor read from 1 Corinthians 13 at a wedding? That's the best, that's the love chapter. And he starts telling you what Paul, Paul was writing to a church that were operating in the nine gifts of the spirit. But one guy was still sleeping with his mother-in-law. It's quiet up in here. That's just anyway. He's writing to those people and he writes about love. And he gives in great detail what love looks like to those to the church in Corinth. And it was quite supernatural when he wrote about it. Do you know that the embodiment of 1 Corinthians 13 is not a sermon, it's a man? Like, like love doesn't keep record unless you're a Christian. Because we're good at keeping records. Yeah, you did this to me. Love doesn't keep record. Right? A lot of people have a Santa Claus theology about God. We actually believe that God has a book that he keeps record of everything you do wrong. And if you don't say the prayer one day, he's going to say, yeah, but you didn't. I'm going to remind you of everything you did wrong when love keeps no record of wrong. It doesn't mean love don't remember what you did. It just says, I'm not holding that against you. Yeah, you did it. I'm not holding it against you. And I'm telling you every day, Jesus released love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and even, yes, self-control. He's the example of what the fruit of the Spirit is in the life of a human being. Because Jesus really was the first human being. If the fruit of the Spirit really is the answer to most of our issues happening around us, why in the world is it happening when we have so many Christians in the world today? I want to submit something to you today myself included, I am really, really challenged about how the fruit looks coming out of my life. The greatest thing I'm giving to the planet is not a 30-minute sermon on a Sunday morning. Do you know right where I live in Twin Oaks community down the street from here? I got broken people in that community. I got people right now going through a divorce living next to me right now. I got a young man that I love dearly doesn't never get to see his dad. Because his parents are going through it right now. That, that, that's bondage. That's hurt. That's pain. Right now. I got a gentleman that stays to, if you're looking at my house, he stays to my right. Um, he's been in prison for several months. He, 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 he just got out, uh, lost his business in prison. I'm talking about just, you know, they came and took his cars. There's a lot of, a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. And he's like, man, y'all love God. I can't even understand why this stuff's happening. That's, that's real life stuff. He doesn't need a sermon from me. Matter of fact, I don't invite him to come to church. You know what I do, God love? I have conversations with him every time I get a chance. He's one of the guys when you hear me tell the story, I pull his, I pull his dumpsters up for him, his, his trash cans rather, every time I get a chance. I try to be kind and faithful to him and his wife every time I get a chance. Sometimes he'll see me, he'll say, uh, He'll say, hey, Reverend. I'm like, we got to change these titles, man. Like, okay. <laughs> hey, hey, Reverend. He'll say, what's the word for today? I think, man, I haven't even did devotions this morning. What I got to, let me see, let me see. What's the word? What's the word? What's the word? <laughs> yeah, I ain't never did. I ain't never did. Anyway, we just, we just do that over there at my house. But anyway, and I'll go over and I'll shake his hand. I'll give him a hug and I'll just share something brief with him. 
He also put his hand around. He also, thank you. Thank you, Reverend. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that may mean more to him than a three-hour church service in his time of need. Truth be told, he can't go anywhere because he's got an ankle bracelet on. But y'all want to know what that means? Just Google it. But he doesn't have to go to a church or a grocery store to get these fruit. I'm bringing it to his house. Right out under his basketball go, I meet him and we chat for a little bit. If fruit is the answer, why in the world, if we got so many Christians, is there so, there's not a lack of pain and hurt in our world. But why all the hostility, all the stuff, if, if, if we have the fruit in us? I'm telling you, I believe that most Christians don't know who they carry and what they carry. We're all the time broken down. Like legitimately, we're looking for peace. And the prince of peace says, my peace I gave to you. We're looking for joy as Christians. And the God of the universe, who's our dad, says, my joy is your strength. And we're all the time, we feel weak. If his joy is my strength, then as long as he has joy, I should have strength. Unless he's lacking joy today. So these fruit are in me. I need to simply get this. I need an outward flow of what God, by way of his spirit, has put on the inside of me. I used to be, this is me, I used to be this way. I'm going to operate in joy, Lord, if I feel, but I just don't feel joyful. So, and so I would manifest these fruit when I felt like Marriage proved to me that didn't work. There are things that are true of us from God toward us that I'm telling you a lot of times we do not walk in the experience of it because we're waiting on our feelings to catch up. Seriously. Can you see Jesus hanging on a cross and Lord... I just, I don't feel like walking in love today. Like, man, people just beat the snot out of me, Lord. But yet, and this is real talk, but, but, but yet Jesus was still loving. He still said on a cross, he said, Papa, forgive them. What? For, for what? Why, I ain't, I, why do you want to forgive them? So his fruit was operating in his life even when his feelings were probably saying, you shouldn't be saying that. You, you, you shouldn't be doing that. So we are people that the Lord can say this to us. I can drop you in environments that lack love. They are not loving, but I can put you there and you can release love. You can release joy. There's no joy there. You can be the peace bringer. There's no peace there. You can walk in long suffering when nobody else has never done that, but I'm going to entrust you to do that. So Jesus said this, Matthew 5, you are the salt of the what? Not the salt of heaven. (laughs) We're the salt of what? Heaven don't need salt. You are the light of the heaven don't need a light. Matter of fact, the Bible says there's no sun there. Heaven. So I want to take you and I want to sprinkle your life salt 
in a seasonless or bland area so that in that community, they taste my goodness by hanging out with you. How are they going to taste peace? Get around Matthew Louder. How are they going to taste joy? Well, I hung out with Cameron. You know what, Cameron? Hanging out with you, man, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm hanging out with Jesus sometimes. You are. You tasted of him by being around me. And that's not boastful. That's confidence. That's confidence in what God has already done. Now, I'm not saying we don't never miss it because if my wife was here, she'd say, Josh, you miss it often. Right? I'm like, babe, he keeps no record of wrong. Right? My wife tell me all she said, but I'm not Jesus. I'm like, come on now. Like, I can't, you know, listen, uh, Pastor Trey, you know, you can't preach to your wife, can you? You can't, you can't, you don't. It don't go good, does it? It just, it doesn't work when you preach to your wife. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. But like real life, like living out this thing called Christianity. Remember this, fruit are not produced by force, but it happens by natural flow. Like you've never been next to an apple tree and here you're going. Okay, birth to an apple. It just releases what's naturally in it. Nine gifts of the Spirit, nine fruit of the Spirit. In America, here in the West, especially in Pentecostal Charismatic churches, we go crazy about gifts and hear very little about fruit. Gifts attract crowds, but yet fruit gives life. Many times we've been highly gifted but little in the fruit department. And so we're unbalanced. In my younger days, more my, my more my immature days, I used to pray, Lord, I want to prophesy. Lord, give me a word of knowledge and those things. But you know what I'm finding out, man? As I walk in love, joy, peace, you know, this kind of... As I do that, gifts just flow naturally, even in barbershops. So I go to get my hair cut on Friday. I have a standing 9 o'clock appointment. I go, and she says, can we move that to 10? I say, yeah. So I go, and I come to the church, and I clean a little bit, do some vacuuming, do some other stuff. Leave church, and I run back to the barbershop. And I go, and um, matter of fact, Crystal, are you in here right now? gonna say she, she comes to church and she might be in here so I go to get my haircut and this time I actually go in the barbershop and she's I, she's moving around and I she has like a little a grimace on her face so I can tell she's in pain I'm like what's going on she's like my back has been killing me for several days I'm not sure what I did I pulled something um so, okay I used to be way more quicker than this I used to be more sensitive than this usually when I hear that if I see somebody want a cane or something like that my first thing is let me pray for you but this time I went and I sat down in the barber chair and she's moving around and I can just hear her back is still hurting. So I felt that familiar tug in my heart, ask her to let you pray for her. So I turn around and I said, Crystal, would you let me pray for you? And she looks at me like, like here in the barbershop? Yeah, right here in the barbershop. Yeah, sure. And I prayed for her. Now listen, what? Bef- before the healing happened, it was me being kind. 
I'm trying to be empathetic. You're in pain. It's the Christian thing to pray for people. Actually, I was being quite selfish when I sat down and she just told me she was in pain. Because I'm there to get a haircut. I would have to pray for I would. But we don't, we don't go anywhere and we're not Christians. Home Depot, Walmart, it doesn't matter. We're Christians. So I'm, I get up and I pray for a really short prayer. I, just, I told her, I said, 2005, I read a book called Supernatural Power, but transformed mind by a guy named Bill Johnson who is phenomenal. And in there he talked about let it happen on earth as it is in heaven. only thing Jesus did for three and a half years of ministry is he found people with earthly issues like blind Bartimaeus, one with the issue of blood. And he would say essentially this, on earth, blindness is a reality. On earth, issues of blood is a reality. But where I come from, they're not realities. Religion says, wait till you get to heaven to get that reality. But Jesus never said that. Jesus said, let me give it to you now, on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, there's no such thing as blindness. And Bartimaeus, let me give you that reality. Boom. I told her that. I said, does that make sense? She said, yeah, that makes sense. I said, good. I'm praying from that posture. Let's pray. We did like a 10 set. I didn't do one of them. Oh, thank you. Ah. You feel anything? Can I, I used to do that stuff. Y'all, y'all didn't go to that church. I'm just telling you what I used to do, like realistically. And I did that hoping to be spiritual. And if I really wanted to look good, I would talk in tongues after I did it. Very honest. Very honest. And if they didn't get healed, I would say things in my immaturity like this. There's something in your life that's keeping it Lord. You have no clue how many people I told that to. And I prayed for Crystal and turned around and I went back and sat in a chair. Notice she wasn't coming to cut my hair. So I turn around and she's going. And a little bit and I made eye contact. She just bust out into tears. She said, that's gone. And she just kept walking around the barbershop like that. 20 minutes later, she's still walking around. I was like, I think it's gone, Crystal. Like I really, I just, I don't know, but I think it's gone. Can I get my hair cut? <laughs> you know what she asked me? She said, she said, well, you stay here for 30 minutes and let me call my mom and let my mom come. She really needs prayer. Watch, watch, watch patience here. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll stay. Her mom comes walking on the cane in pain, nerve endings, messed up in the feet. Got to pray with the mom. Which is just releasing fruit of the spirit. Trying, trying to be loved, gifts get released on the other side of fruit. No, Selah, pause calmly. Think about what you just heard. Gifts got released on the other side of fruit. I'm telling you, Jesus predominantly always led with fruit. And on the other side of that, gifts got released. Yeah? People will want the gift after they taste the fruit. I said, people will want the gift after they taste the fruit. So she tasted love and kindness. And then a healing comes to her body. 
So much so that she wants to call the community in now to come and experience what the Lord's doing in a barbershop. But does Jesus move in barbershops? Jesus moves wherever you are. Because in us, his spirit lives. Come on. So we are supposed to go to these places that are filled with hate and anger and bitterness. And we release the fruit that brings healing like love. Like kindness. This is so simple. It takes American church to complicate it. So, well, I've never raised anybody out of a wheelchair. That should never be your issue. Go be good. And then watch what happens on the other side of the fruit. (laughs) Go give joy away and watch what happens on the other side of it. We are literally transporters of God's flavor. (laughs) So God says, I got some people in Edmond that I want a taste of my goodness. But God ain't coming to do it. You know what he does? He takes sons and daughters in whom his spirit lives and says, my spirit is in you. So my fruit are in you. Now just go do life there. And people in that community will begin to taste of my goodness. How? How can I have a Psalms 34 mama where I taste and see that the Lord is good? I can't grab him and bite him. How do I taste and see that the Lord is good? You go to a church service? I mean, like that much of it is a church service. If Peter said, taste and see that the Lord is good by going to a weekly church service, then everybody in the world will be saying, I'm tasting that the Lord is good because I'm going to church today. But that's not what he said. You taste and see that the Lord is good. How? By tasting the fruit of his spirit. How do you do that? By getting around those that know that he lives in them and they in him. I'm going to be really challenging right here. We have some theological differences in the room and that's okay. We think people, there's people, you believe stuff about marriage that I don't and you believe it and it works for you. It's not my belief, it's your belief. There's people in this room, we believe things differently about diet, marriage, finances. But yet we think everybody in the room got to believe everything the same about the Bible. Or we don't associate with them. I have met people that wouldn't know Jesus from this chair. And I have seen these fruit operating through them. And even though they would say, we don't know God. But understand, he obviously knows you. I was with a gentleman that was giving me a tour of some land that I was hoping to buy. And to my knowledge, this guy was not a follower of Jesus. But I am telling you, I think it was Chris I was with. I was like, man, I keep feeling Jesus around this guy. And I know he was not a professing believer. You couldn't even say that in the church I grew up in. Because they don't, they don't believe God lives in everybody. Like, I'm telling you something. If, God, if you can take God out of one thing that he made, that thing would cease to exist. I, be, I begin to see fruit. I can identify fruit in people that don't even know the goodness of the Lord, but I can identify it on the inside of them. And I see them having these encounters with the Lord, even though they would say, I don't know the Lord. Th- these fruit are just, they're all around us. Some of us just walk more aware of what God is doing in us than other people. But I'm telling you, I'm not out here trying to hopefully produce this one day. Right now, inside of you is love, joy, peace, 
gentleness, meekness, faith, kindness, self-control. Now, the size of your fruit may be this, and the size of somebody else's fruit may be this, but this small orange is still an orange. It's just small, but it's in the maturing process. You hearing it? You hearing it? There are some natural things we can do to help our fruit mature. Yes, I'm going to just say reading scripture helps. Coming to a gathering like this consistently helps. Being around people that are professing believers in Jesus on a consistent basis, based on who those people are. Let me just... (laughs) Helps. Look, we got some people. I know we're supposed to make disciples, but they got some believers. I'm telling you, we don't need two of them. You know them and I'm like, I don't need two of you running around here like Jesus. But getting around people helps. Everybody say this, environment matters. You can take some fruit trees. If you take an orange tree and you plant it in Alaska, well, good luck. You can take every man of God on the planet and have him lay hands on it and sprinkle fertilizer on it and water it and say, shabababababa, grow. <laughs> It'd be supernatural if that happened. But the normative of God for that area, it says this, that tree's not going to really grow. Why? Because so the environment matters. If you want to see these fruit being produced in your life, I want you to know this. Your environment matters. We would say it matters financially. I like to get around people who think differently financially than me. I like to get around people who have different thoughts of marriage than me. I like to get around people who think differently about business than me so they can challenge me. Another thing my father in love used to always say, if you're the smartest person in the room, get out of the room. Because you become the cap in the room. I like to get in rooms where I'm the smallest person in the room so I can glean from everybody around me. For some reason, we don't think this way in the church. Like we have health coaches, we have financial coaches. I know marriage coaches. We got life coaches. But we don't want to get around people that can say, hey, in this area, I believe you can make some tweaks and adjustments in your walk and it would help you. I ask a man today in the room, hey, I'd love to sit down with you, man. I think you could help us a little bit. Why? Because I always want to be made better. Get around people that make you think. So environment matters, right? Environment matters. Stay in your word, yes. Learn to live in a posture of prayer, yes. But learn to commune with other people that can help get you further down the road in the things of God. That stuff is still important. I'm never going to forsake that. I'm never going to stop doing that. But here's what I want you to understand. Once again, these are not things that you have to reach outside of you and try to find. I believe our real answer, our real dilemma is that we fail to look within. We fail to look within when the Spirit of God is here all along. Alyssa, come back to the keys for me if you don't mind. Everybody say this. Say, I transport God's nature. Remember this. We talked about this last week. There is not a season for you to produce fruit. Every season is a fruit-producing season in the kingdom. On the earth, we have seasons. I want to tell you something. Heaven don't have seasons. As a matter of fact, the trees in heaven, the Bible says this, they produce fruit in every season. <laughs> it's constant. It's constant. Remember, Jesus walks up to a fig tree, and the Bible specifically says it was not 
the season for figs. But Jesus was hungry. He walks up to a fig tree, expecting to find figs on it, even though it wasn't the season of figs. And he cursed it, which makes me go, Jesus, now that wasn't right. Why would you curse it for not producing fruit when it wasn't the season for that fruit? Doesn't seem right, does it? But, but where he comes from in his world, you can never say, well, it's not my season to produce love. It's not my season to be kind. There is not any situation on the planet that can justify us not being Christ-like. You hear me? Pain is real. Hurt is real. Disappointment is real. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen. It happens in my household. I'm just saying it should never be a justifier as to why we don't release these fruit that are in our lives. Jesus curses a fig tree even when it wasn't the season for it to be producing figs because where he's from, the fruit trees always produce fruit in every season. One of the guys I listened to says this, that one of the reasons Jesus cursed that fig tree is because you can't be in that proximity to that kind of presence and not be producing fruit. That being said, if we live in the raw, unfiltered presence of God all the time, how can we not be producing fruit? Like, whoa, this is real. This is real. You know what I want to see this region have? I want this region to see people that don't just do miracles, have sermons and produce songs and fiery church services. What happens when, when God love goes to the hospital as a surgeon where he's working at? And not only is he operating on people and bringing health that way, maybe he has some people that are on his staff that are just having a rough time and he gets to sit down with them and be loved by giving a listening ear. I, that, that's still supernatural. Listening is still supernatural. What about taking time to spend with somebody and you know they've been in a rough spot, but you say, hey, can I take you to lunch? That's still supernatural. And if you don't believe it's supernatural because you haven't been there, but if, if you need that, that's supernatural when somebody says, hey, can I take you to lunch? I called somebody a couple weeks back. They flipped out. Like they literally, like they had a, they had a revival on the phone. They said, you the, you the lead pastor and you're calling me? <laughs> I call myself the lead follower, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I, we've made it too hard. We've made it way too hard. And I want to get back to being a people that just we effortlessly produce the fruit of the Spirit and let the world around us consume the fruit that we're producing on our life. And I want to promise you this, they can't consume it faster than the Holy Spirit through you can produce it. I believe every time they take a bite, another one just grows out. So I can say, Jeremiah, you're always producing love, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering, patience. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Shabbat. Thank you, Lord. If you know that you've been challenged in some of the areas of these fruit, I just want you just to be honest with yourself and the Holy Spirit. 
usually it's, it's, a, it's a mindset as to why we're not walking in these things. But I believe we're living in days of great freedom. So a revival for me now is not just people like laying at an altar on the floor, wallowing over in the presence of God. I welcome that. I, I hope to have more of those. But I'm telling you, in my day-to-day life, how I treat my kids, how me and my wife interact, how I am with my neighbors, how I am when I'm walking through Crest, how I treat people coming to this city, how I treat my friends. That's the real telltale sign of what God is doing in an individual's life. If you know that you're lacking in some of these areas, would you just take a moment and say, Holy Spirit, just help me. Help me. Show me what the block is. Show me what the thing is that's keeping me from living life out this way. Because I know you have a more excellent way. And I really want to do it your way. Likewise, if you're in this room and you haven't been shown these things and you feel like your life has been affected by it. Sometimes we call it straight up trauma. I know people that haven't been to church because sometimes even in the church, man, Christians can be rude. I've been rude. We can be short-tempered. We can be self-involved. I've been that way. If that's happened to you and you know you're really hurt in an area, this is a great time to say, Holy Spirit, I'm open to your healing in this area. So, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, I just release your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your long-suffering, your self-control. I release your healing in all of these areas. And if somebody has been misused, abused, or confused in regards to anything, Holy Spirit, that you spoke about today, I just release a flood of healing toward them now in Jesus' name. I sense this in my heart. Some of you, specifically for some ladies, since you were really, really young, there have been some places you've almost carried some wounds and and you've now, you, you know how to, you don't let anybody close to that area because it's a place of pain. And I totally, I get that. The Holy Spirit, definitely, he gets that. But I just feel like the Holy Spirit said, I really want to bring healing into that area so you don't carry it with you into 2023. I'm not going to ask you to move or come up front, but if that's you, just receive that word into your heart. Open that door and let the Holy Spirit bring some healing to your life in that area. There are some things I'm telling you, it is October of 2022. It will not make it into 2023. I'm telling you, there are some things in your life right now. In October of 2022, it will not make it into 2023. I just make a declaration over you, even right now, that the Lord is putting an expiration date on that thing in your life. It will not make it into 2023. His anger is but a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, it's my honor today to hear from you and to be a part of what you're doing in this region. I ask that you would, not just in this church, but every church and every pastor's home and their lives and their teams, would you just be real in Oklahoma City in a new way? I pray that you would do some things in the latter part of this year in this region, Lord. Things that we can't take credit for, Lord, but you can take credit for. Something deep. Something that hits our marriages. Something that hits our parenting. Something that hits our finances. So much so 
that our communities have to stand back and say, whoa, something's happening in these people, Lord. We really do want to be salt. We really do want to be light. And we don't want to try to walk around producing stuff that you've already gave life to in us. But we want to let this fruit come out of our lives, not by way of force, but by way of a flow of the Spirit. Thank you for always breathing upon us. Jesus, we say we honor you as Lord and as Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. Have an amazing week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.